Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Dana Osban, here with my friend and Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachin Moed Katan, Daf Chavtet, page 29. Today, we wrap up our study of Moed Katan. Of course, we always don't say we really wrap it up. We hope to return to it again. Um, and it's a very, very short daf, so Ann and I decided we're just going to sort of split it up into two and learn it together. Um, and uh, there's a beautiful discussion here, which I think is really a fitting way for the Masachet to end, which describes that moment when uh, those who are burying the dead, who've been preoccupied with the dead body, physically leave that dead body after the burial. And it reads as follows. So Rabbi Levi Bar Chaita says the following. Haniftar min hamet one who departs from the dead. And I think this is a very interesting choice of language here because niftar uh, means, uh, you know, one who departs. And very often when we describe somebody who died, right, we'll say that person was niftar, that person departed. And so I think what's happening here is that in this moment, Rabbi Levi, by using this language of haniftar, is sort of describing it's a departure for both people, right? The mate is departing this world and we are departing the mate. We are saying goodbye to that experience of having that mate uh, in the world. And therefore, there's really an element of niftar, of departure uh, for, from, of that relationship from the person who died and the person who remains alive. And so one who is departing from, from the mate, from the actual physical body, Lo yomar lo, should not say to him, lech l'shalom, you shouldn't say go to peace, ela lech b'shalom, you should say go in peace. Haniftar minachai, one who departs from a living person, right, you're in conversation with a friend and you're leaving that person, lo yomar lo, lech b'shalom, ela lech l'shalom, right, and so it's the opposite formulation. You don't say to a living person, go in peace, you say go to peace. Now, I also love the idea that this is sort of a conversation, right? We have a conversation with a, with a mate, with somebody who's dead, the same way that we have a conversation with a person who's alive, right? It's the language of lo yamarlo, right? You shouldn't say to him. Um, I also think it's interesting the way that it starts with the negative of what you shouldn't say as opposed to what you should say. And lastly, I'm going to make the observation that I think it's interesting that it starts with the dead as opposed to the living. Uh, now, that may be more because we're talking about mourning right now. But this this whole formulation, I think, is very, the wording here is very, very carefully chosen. And now the Gemara is going to go on to explain why is it uh, that that it is done, uh, that it's done in, in, in this way, right? And so the Gemara explains as follows. Haniftar min hamate, one who uh, departs from a dead person, Right, we do not say, um, you know, go uh, to peace, but instead we say go in peace. And the reason for that is they then quote a pasuk from Barishi, chapter fifteen, verse five, uh, which uh, reads right, which says, and you shall go to your fathers uh, in uh, in peace." But this is one of these examples where it's actually important, uh, you really need to know the context here and to read uh, the rest of the, uh, uh, of the Pesukim. So this is um, from uh, Parshat Lechlecha, right? And um, uh, basically what, what, what is said here is 
that uh, this is a promise that Hashem is giving to uh, Avram, and he says, right? You will come to your forefathers bishalom in peace. You will be buried uh, in a good old age, right? You will be buried uh, in Seva. Um, and and so uh, this is during Brit Bain Habitarim, right? When Avraham basically, well, he's still Avram at this point, goes to God and he basically says, I still haven't inherited anybody. And God makes him, you know, cut up the uh, the uh, heifers and the goats and the rams and, and some birds. Um, and, and this is the promise that he gets <coughs> that eventually, right, you will return to your father's Bishalom and you will be buried at an old age. And so based on this, the idea is, is that when we talk about the peace that one gets during death, it's with Bishalom and not Lishalom. And that's why that's the correct way to say that. And then the Gemara explains, right, how do we depart from the living? We don't say go in peace. We say go to peace. And so they give two examples here where uh, David, when he departed from Absalom, from his son, right, who eventually was killed and rebelled against David Amalek, he said to him, he said, go in peace. And this is a pasuk from Shmuel Bet, uh, chapter 15, verse 9. And what happens to Absalom? Basically, after that encounter, David Amalek doesn't see him again, and he is hung and, he, and he's killed. And Yitro, when he leaves Moshe, and this is a pasuk from Shmot, chapter 4, verse 18, he says, Lech Lishalom, uh, you should go in peace. And uh, sorry, you should go, uh, you should go to peace. And, uh, uh, and then, uh, you know, he, Moshe ends up being very successful. And so, you know, based on these pasukim, uh, you know, the Gemara basically wants, or Rabbi Levi really wants to teach us that our language is very, very important. It's based on psukim. And that when we're departing from a dead person, we're going to say, lech bishalom, right? That you're going to go in peace. And when we're talking to somebody, right, who's living, uh, we're going to say, lech lishalom, uh, go to peace. And I wonder if what some of that is about also is that when we say go to peace, uh, that is implying that that person has another destination to reach. And that maybe when we say Lech Bishalom, go in peace, right? There's no further destination anymore, right? The person has passed away. And now what we're wishing on them is that they should just be in a sustained uh, state of peacefulness, similar to the one that Hashem promises Abraham uh, during Brit Bain Habitarim. And so I think that's why there's that subtlety of language. The living are still continuing their journey, and that's why they're Lech Lishalom. And the dead, at least their journey here on earth, is no longer. And that's why they are lech b'shalom. Um, I was always struck by this, that the con- the connection, the parallel, I guess, to the English, rest in peace, right? There's this idea of being in a state of peace. Um, I think also that the, the little bit of Gemara that comes before this, right? It's really on the previous staff, talks about how it says, um, I'm reading from the previous staff, and then it gives, you know, analogies to how difficult it is for the soul to depart the body. And I feel like that's perhaps, you know, recognizing that, recognizing that, you know, the same way that we saw in the previous stuff, that that the rabbis didn't want to go with the Malachamavit, right, with the angel of death. So here, too, there's this recognition that 
you know, leaving this world for those who have been alive in it is a great challenge. And there's, you know, as I said, it's a metaphor. What the the phrasing here as to what that how difficult that might be. I feel like, and that's part of the the wish for people, right? That then once they are, you know, no longer in the land of the living, that they are able to be at peace, in peace, right? Whatever, whatever, however, the whatever the right um, preposition is in English. Um, right. The difference but, between bishalom versus lishalom, right? Right. But I, but I love this idea that the Gemara is really reflecting on that real moment, right? Where you have buried the body and you really need to leave. Like there's that finality, right? It's happened. This person is dead and you're not going to relate to that physical body anymore. And what that conversation is supposed to be like, it, it, it's really so poignantly depicted on this stuff. Right. And I think it's a very powerful moment of departure for the people who remain alive. The end of the daf takes a completely different turn. You know, for all that we've been talking about, well, death and mourning and sorrow. And before that, cholamoid and some joy, right? Here we have, and we've seen this happen at the end of other masachtot, where there kind of becomes like a pronouncement for how to live. Ma'am Rabbi Levi, Kol hayotzei mi beta knesset leveta midrash, umi beta midrash leveta knesset. Anybody who is leaving from the synagogue and goes to the beit midrash to the study hall, or goes from the study hall to the synagogue. Now, what that really signifies is not the physical plant, right? But the the practice of you know, if you're in the synagogue, then you are presumably engaged in prayer, and if you go to the beit midrash, then you are presumably engaged in study, or vice versa. Right, so either one of these people, either one of these directions, either person who's going from one to the other merits to receive the shechina, the divine presence, and we have a verse to back that up from Tehillim. They go from strength to strength, and this is where the expression of go to strength from strength to strength comes from. Every one of them, meaning each one of them, appears. Before Elohim B'Tzion, God in Zion, in Zion, in Israel, right? So that's the poetry of it. But the background here, and but the backdrop of this verse for this activity from going from prayer to study and vice versa is to say that you're going from strength to strength, meaning there's no hierarchy in this passage, passage by Rebbe Levi. Um, there's no hierarchy between the two. Elsewhere, we do see a hierarchy, but here there is not between Tefillah and uh, Talmud Torah. And then, because we've got that verse, we have analysis of it. And it connects back to the question of the departure of the souls of the rabbis. It says, Rav Bar Ashi says, the Rav said, the Torah scholars have no rest. For although we've been talking about shalom, peace is not quite the same thing as resting, like resting on your laurels. Why? Even in the world to come, why not? Because of the same verse, when they are even in the world to come, what will they do? They will continue to go from strength to strength with a presumption until there's a final redemption when God shows up in Zion, meaning that is the idea of a final redemption. Uh, how that lines up with the world to come and the you know, the a world that we're in and in, uh, in salvation is always a complicated discussion and we're not going to get into it now. 
but the I would say the discussion here that is so forward thinking, so forward looking, I mean, about, you know, the fact that people are living, it goes back to the people who are living, right? And how you live in your engagement with prayer and study. And then the idea that even if you're an expert at prayer and study, like the expert rabbis were, then they're always going to keep going in this, you know, ever increasing chayel el chayel. Chayel can be, can be translated as strength. I like the translation of valor, which kind of means strength, but also has, um, I think, more of an honor as part of what the enterprise is, that that's what they're doing, that they're engaged in this ever-increasing um, step towards or up to get to the next chayel, right? And they do that from with prayer and study, study and prayer. And if you're a, enough of a Torah scholar, then you get to continue doing that. Meaning I think that there's a tremendous tremendous privilege acknowledged here in going, keep keeping that step forward and up going even unto Alam Haba and through it until the final redemption. Well, Hadran Allah, Masachet Moed Katan. You know, I think it's really a beautiful way that the Gemara wants to um, end. And I think this idea that Tamidei Chachamim Ein Lahem Menucha Ela Afila Le'olam Haba, that they don't have Menucha, I think is, you know, also trying to tell us that, you know, even in the world to come, we will have missions to accomplish and things to do. And again, I think it's trying to say, like, don't think it just ends by what we see on earth. And I, I think here they're expressing a belief really in the world to come and that there is something that happens after death, that death isn't completely final and that the good works of the Tamidei Chachamim are going to continue. They don't just sort of rest, even though I know that's how we like to think of Olam Haba, but that, you know, they're, they, they're still going to be doing good in Olam Haba. I mean to that. Um, that's our top discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us reviews where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think about this daf, this masachet. Come talk to us in our seum on Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Seaboard, 5 p.m. Israel time. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. And until tomorrow, go and learn.